We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Salutations. Welcome back to a Thursday edition of the Playmakers. Happy final day of Women's Appreciation Month. Something like that, right? It's been a whole month of love, I felt. Honestly, March went by quickly. Mm -hmm. 31 days. Yes. Dudes retiring, unretiring, retiring. Just a lot of things happening. What the hell, Bruce? Why couldn't you, like... (laughs) You know, make that announcement maybe 30 minutes before I literally learned of the news of Bruce Arians retiring from my tennis instructor. Yeah. It's like, no. oh, you're not aware? I'm like, well, thank you for doing your uh, my job for me. <laughs> Technically. I was driving over here and trying not to die on the way. Exactly. And it happened after the show. Yep. Um, surprising everyone, especially Coach K. He wasn't aware that you could just do that immediately. He felt that you have to like do a whole year shenanigan and then you can retire mm. as opposed to just retiring on the spot. Well, he took a page out of Mariano Rivero's, uh, Rivera's book from back in the day, that swan song that he had for the entire season. And True. honestly, you can like leave an organization, be ahead of a different organization, leave that and then go home right away like Derek Jeter's trying to do. They're already doing like the appreciation thing, even though he literally just quit his job in Miami. He's getting appreciation for that? I mean, he. I, I think he's underserved. <laughs> He's for sure underserved, uh, as everybody is when it comes to their entertainment, to their sports knowledge, and that's what we're here to rectify for each and every one of you all. My name is Lindsay Brown, across the glass from me. I go by the name of Adrian Hernandez. And we are the Playmakers. We have a fully stocked show for you today. Uh, This week, we've been really kind of keeping our, our first hours consistent in terms of what we're talking about. Our fourth installment of the Let's Be Real NBA that almost contenders. It seems like we are slated to discuss the Mavericks and the Heat today. Yes. Very excited to get into both of those teams because uh, they are certainly on the precipice of being almost an every year in the conversation type of uh, contender. But, you know, they're not quite there yet. So we'll learn all about from Adrian why he thinks there are some things to maybe be concerned about. I'll catch everybody up on the NHL last night. Other than the fact that your Golden Knights had a shutout. We didn't get shut out. We shot somebody else out. Finally. That's what I'm talking about. Is this momentum that we're feeling? I mean, maybe they took a page out of the book from Miracle. Do we use that uh, analogy earlier this week, or was that in a different conversation? We talked about the movie. We talked about Miracle, but we didn't talk about the conversation where Craig Patrick and Herb Brooks, the coaches at the time, were kind of going over, how do we psychologically like coach this team to the best of their abilities? And in Herb Brooks' mind, it was, make everyone hate me, because that will bond everyone together, to hate a common enemy i like that and that's what's going on with the golden knights right now 100 percent. what's happening with the golden knights right now we'll get into uh logan thompson's first career shutout and why i think this kid is ready for the big leagues on a full-time basis uh we'll talk 
some inquisitive chaos to kick off our second hour. Ooh. I know that everybody is a huge fan of that segment. I am too. Uh, I come up with a bunch of random questions and we just see what Adrian spits out, split second, uh, and catch everybody up on some really fun tidbits of news here in the Las Vegas area because everybody wants to have sleepovers at our house. Uh, the UK athletes, or some uh, at least in- involved in football, are speaking out against gambling ads in pretty much everything in their sport, the jerseys, the the television and stuff. The graphics of the broadcast. I figured this is a good town to have this conversation in, and especially since we're just entering the waters as a country. I mean, not as a whole, but a, a, as a progressive, uh, say, I thing, that we need to be a little bit more heads up on what we're doing here because it's very easy for us to get full steam ahead, especially when there's money involved. And there are consequences to everything, whether they're uh, well-intentioned or not. And then uh, I don't really know what we're going to do for the last segment because, you know, Thursdays after that, like after Wednesdays, that's really (laughs) when the juices aren't necessarily going so much into the planning and more into like the actual entertaining. I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. We'll see what happens. Facts plus this is the rare Thursday that kind of feels like a Friday, but it's still a Thursday. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Maybe it's because you had a special day today. I had a special day. Yeah. WrestleMania week. Okay. It's a big deal. Correct. Well, because of, of WrestleMania and your big day that we want to get into, why don't we open up that big can of ours? It's time for the can opener. I don't know if it's a can of corn, can of worms, a can of whoop ass, but I know that you had one of your uh, like parenting milestones today, as you as you coined it yesterday. Yeah, it uh, and you know, funny as we talked about this field trip that my son went on a couple weeks ago, where I was complaining, and here I am showing up as the chaperone. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to my son. Uh, he felt the need to wake me up at 5.13 in the morning. It's an exciting day. He wanted to watch some Sesame Street. So, Grover's got to get his too. So here we He's are. He's got to make his damn money. <laughs> big fan of Elmo in my house. Elmo oh, and Clifford. Uh, my son's big on red. Um, as you could say, this is uh, this is my top three um, oh, wow, Adrian, you're actually a father, like, for real, for real moment. So was the 513 wake-up call that was one of those moments? No, the the driving into this field trip, and as, first off, heady play by the school, every parent came. There was no bus involved. The yeah, teachers you're drove telling, themselves. Yeah. Like you said a couple weeks ago, you're like, I don't, I'm not really mad about being asked to chaperone because that's kind of like, well, you go to your kid's stuff, it's kind of part of the bit. But it was the fact that there was no bus, there was like no lunch, it was kind of uh, not exactly yeah. the most planned thing. But where did you guys go today? So it was a it was a pet animal farm. Um, and, and I should have brought the paper in, of course. I don't bring it in to give them some love. Because this is this is ran by like just some fa- a family. This isn't like we'll bring some it in tomorrow. corporation. We'll give, we'll give the, the kudos to them. Tomorrow. Yeah, 100%. Or hit me up on Twitter at Adrian Radio uh, 93 and I'll give you the details. Because it's only like four bucks and we have about three weeks to go with like nice weather before, before it gets yeah before it gets hot as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, So it was a good experience walking in. Uh, I start to like see other parents and everything. A couple moms, hello. So okay, anyway. okay. <laughs> I, that's not what I really care about. What I care about, uh, in addition to your to your personal experience along with your son, how far do parents let their kids run away from them these days on these field trips? Because I'm I'm genuinely un, I'm genuinely interested to see what the next iteration and the response is to the quote unquote helicopter parent generation that we were brought up under. So right. With this, with this circumstance, my only concern because it was gated pretty, pretty well, and also my son is a wild one. But yep. among the class and, and when other kids are behaving, he kind of gets the gist. 
With that being said, when you're at a petting zoo, all bets are off. All bets are off, and also <laughs> it's connected. Like like I said, it's just a family. So the base of this whole oasis of farming in the middle of a suburban street is what? is their home. Yeah, because it's in the middle. It's it's off of just some random street, and it's house house apartment complex. What, what and then, southwest uh, northwest? Which part of the uh, soggy it, waffle? It's by is? it's across the street from Fi- uh, Fiesta, the Fiesta okay. Casino. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's super super close Southeast. to me. Yeah, and. So my only concern was, and there was a doggy door, obviously, because it's a petting farm. They got everything. Um, And him running into, which he tried once or twice, but the door wouldn't open. So he didn't open that. He did, though. He opened somehow. He unlocked the cage of the rabbits, and they had some oh big-ass rabbits. Oh, my God. Three big-ass rabbits came out and started running. Were Thankfully, there baby rabbits yet? No, no, no. These oh, they're coming. Were huge. They're coming. It was heart- In droves. No, you say it was heartwarming because I used to have a rabbit. His mm. name was E.T. We had to give him away oh, no. because we found out that we had 27 rabbits one day. Because oh, yeah, we had them in br- the backyard. <laughs> we opened the carpet where the Dude. hole was where they live and... <laughs> Dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The gestational period on the rabbits are like two weeks. It's nuts. Yeah, and he also wanted to go inside the chicken coop with all the chickens and the roosters. It just looks like a place that seems like a, a, a sick place to hang out just by the, the small doors. Facts. Uh, he, he really enjoyed llamas. Um, they, they had a great relationship. He loved that when they... That's good because llamas are the, ornery. Honestly, and, and I was thinking llamas, definitely if they played basketball, I could see them playing power forward. Big necks yeah. can get inside position inside. So shout out to llamas everywhere. It felt like a Geico commercial. It was Geico, right? That they used the llamas. Yeah, that seems like a Geico They're, type of thing. They they took out the trademark on all the animals. Speaking of which, uh, my son Aflac, the Aflac duck, he came out. He kind of like crabbed very roughly on the um on his legs. So the thankfully, duck? yeah, the Aflac duck. Thankfully, he was okay. Um, and then, dude, birds mess with you, man. Like I've been chased down by wild geese before. It's not fun. <laughs> Sorry, it's not God. fun. I was on the back of a golf cart and like in, about to go in competition. This is at like <laughs> seven in the morning, and the Benil Saint Margaret's coach. I don't know if he did this on purpose because like everybody kind of knew who I was. I was the 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 lady with the um, visor, just a little bit cocked to the right because I just thought I was really <gasps> hot stuff. And I remember he drove by and there was like four or five geese and we know how aggressive they get when they have babies because we got to protect the young. That's why I'm asking how how uh, above are the mother geese of these particular goslings. But man, of them, just how big their wingspan and as they're like running up to you, I'm like, okay, this won't be scarring for the rest of my life. But I'm glad that the duck didn't go. Yeah, he he got bit by a goat um, and he was like. Daddy hurt me. And I was like, well, you can't just put your hand out there with no, hey, bro, you're going to eat that off. You. So it was a positive experience. It was. And one one final note on it, um, and I don't think we've talked about this on the show, but in my dad's side, I'm a first-generation American. Mm. Um, so breaking generational curses is very important for me. Yeah. And what I do, and one of those things my son actually did today, because when I was younger, um, in, in the middle of Ohio, uh, I rode a horse for the first time, but I was a little bit too chubby. Mm-hmm. So the reaction of the horse was to immediately go. Right. That's the last thing you yeah. want. It's like your first experience on this like giant yeah. beast. So he he went upwards. You know, yep. he did his Michael Jordan pose and my ass flew back. Like I straight off the horse. Oh, my God. And ever since then, I was scared of horses. But today, my son, you he rode the pony. Way. He rode the pony. He enjoyed it. He didn't want to get off of it. Gentle parenting at its finest right there. Generational curses broken. Yeah. So shout out to that farm. It's like four bucks. Go check it out. And that's just, it's one day at a time. It's one decision at a time. You're not always going to be able to be 
in a mindset to give that to your kid. But I'm glad that that was a moment that came up for you that you were able to do that with him. And obviously, um, a little bit of a of a of a growing up space for both of you. I'm getting old, Lindsay. Yeah, you are getting old, but you're creating good experiences for your kids, so that's a good thing. And you're and you'll have that in your own memory box for the rest. I mean, I have plenty of field trip memories from back in the day. Uh, the one that I always think of when it when um, it comes to like good stories. My sophomore year, my Spanish class in high school, Senor Abing, huge fan, even though he's from Wisconsin. <laughs> and it was me and like, you know, just a bunch of a bunch of my friends that some of them I grew up with, some of my I was just kind of friends with through high school, but we were studying like a bunch of different art forms. Like I remember we watched a, one of the dance sequences from Chicago because they were doing the the salsa. And then we were watching, uh, we were going over a lot of like Salvador Dali works and like just analyzing different uh, Spanish speaking artists lenses mm-hmm. and stuff. And I love museums. I love art museums. But like back in that day, I won't say I was as um, artistically inclined, but I was just running around trying to like not get into trouble, but still be with the cool kids. And I remember we got really close to one of these paintings and one of my friends, it wasn't me. She, she reached out and just, <gasps> and you can't do that. That's like a flagrant too, oh, right? Oh yeah. hundred percent. They got sensors on some of these paintings and stuff because they're literally <laughs> worth millions of dollars. And I don't know if there were dollies there, but I, I, I would only assume that he wouldn't bring us there for, for any other reason. Um, and the security guards like literally came out and this is like 20 minutes into the trip. 20 minutes into the field trip. Damn. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, you couldn't wait like two hours. And granted, I'm sure they have to deal with this all the time and, and just kids being kids and teenagers being teenagers. But we 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 got on the line pretty quick after that because we just, we didn't want to ruin anything. We were just like genuinely like, oh, this is very interesting. Just no, 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 no. Not in the art museums, my friends. Not happening. See, on, on the flip side, when I was like three years old, we went to an art museum, which seems just very odd. I think it was connected to the Science Center mm. or whatever. Dude, so at science least, museums are the best for kids. Yeah, because there's activities. But the yep. art museum seems crazy. I need to bring it in, um, but I think it's the Cleveland Plain Dealer. I'm in the newspaper, but the problem with the picture of me as the kid was that they took a picture of me trying to touch something that I wasn't supposed to. Because in the picture, it's me reaching my hand out, but then two teachers, like, trying just to like pull me back. Just like on the Sistine Chapel, you just reaching out. Apparently, yeah. I was just trying to finger grab it. Finger to finger. Yeah, like in Space uh, Jam at the end with Michael Jordan's so hand. So God, but so far away. Exactly. Um, and then field trips, Lindsay, fifth grade. Let's let's go back. I mean, I kind of gave you a, a glossed over version, but I, I've told this story a couple times on the show, and I've probably told it for a couple people who have done bios on me and stuff but i don't i've never told it to you and you never know when we have like new listeners or stuff like that i know right? we're, 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 we're becoming very popular ourselves. <laughs> and so in fifth grade we had this unit that it was just called kind of like the exchange city unit and for weeks for preparation for this field trip it was all about kind of learning how to be an adult in the modern world like learning how to write checks since those things are still a thing and and and, ba- and balancing the checkbook going through interviews dressing like all in fifth grade like very forward thinking if you think about it for like early aughts public 100%. schooling in minnesota yeah. but m- public schools in minnesota we, we do a really good job with it anyways we get placed into jobs and we interview for jobs and, and there's ones we can rank right and i really wanted to be um the sports store owner that's what I wanted because I, I was tomboy lens. This is what I wanted to do. And I was real pissed because my best friend Lance got that job. It's always a Lance. And he was a goalie too, which is even more annoying. That's why we're, <laughs> it was just, it was a rivalry. But um, I got placed in, I think it was my second choice, which was radio host. And so I showed up to Exchange City Day 
and it's this giant like facility full of like here's a here's a little bank here's a little sports store here's a radio station like it's a little self-composed city yeah where you're just like kids you guys get to be an adult here's your check you get to go do lunch you can go to the movie theater here's some popcorn everybody has a job everybody has has a place it's great stuff and so i showed up in preparation um, with some CDs because I want to play the bangers. Fifth Grade Lens was ready to go. So I brought my Avril Lavigne CD, which was uh, complicated way back in the day. Was going to play tons of bangers. I brought Lenny Kravitz's Greatest Hits at the time because that's what me and uh, my dad would listen to on the boat when we would go tubing. And then I brought Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Water. Limp Biscuit. Because the bangers are are. are littered up and down that entire album but for like fifth grade that says parental advisory in the lower left that one wasn't allowed so we had to play skater boy just a couple more times than we intended <laughs> definitely would have set off the flags here in terms of repeat song and the rotation all the software things we had but i got the people going i, I had no complaints me and larry rob did a great great job uh in our exchange city field trip and that's why later on in life on the hockey team you were in charge of the ox cable that's why now on the odyssey app the Hype Master Lock Mix, available now on the Odyssey Locker app? Mix, exactly. I, I can't tell if it's um, that was just kind of foreshadowing for what was going to be inevitable or if I just said, you know what, fifth grade teachers, it seems like you guys have figured my life out for me. I'm going to go with that <laughs> path. Either way, it has led us right here to the amazing day that is March 31st, the year 2022. Adrian had a big-time milestone today we just got through talking about with his kid, their first field trip. And as we mentioned, we have so many sports topics and other things to go through as well. So we might as well move on with our time and on to the NBA chatter. Mavs and Heat, what do they need to take that next step? Well, that's on the other side of the break. Love for the bet. Guess who? J to the low. F to the AB. Ho, yeah. Ho, yeah. Ho, yeah. I ain't Mr. Right. I'm Mr. Right now. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet. I feel bad for talking over the J-Lo banger. I really do. There's a resurgent song. I, like, Jenny from the Block was, like, right when I was first grader or so. And so... When Get Right came out, it was like middle school-ish. Just like, oh yeah, J-Lo kicks ass. Like, this song is awesome. Jenny was popping in Minnesota? She was. We are a pretty uh, good music scene up in Minneapolis. And super eclectic. Yes. And also, you know, you don't get J-Lo stuck in Minnesota, but you get A-Rod. So yeah, a at least J-Lo there's crumbles. that. We, we, we sided with A-Rod on the divorce, and we're very happy for it because we want to keep our basketball team there. So we're not going to argue because we're actually seeing some results from the Timberwolves. It's, it's It's a great time to be a Minnesota sports fan right now, at least in the winter sports, and that they usually don't match up. Wild are are, are fleeting and 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 uh, usually are in the conversation, but not as happy of a conversation as they usually are. And then the wolves, I mean, just it's it's stuff that we usually don't see. And so it's very exciting to to be a Minnesota sports fan. But an effort to kind of see where the where the the big networks go by the wayside to pay some attention to teams that usually get glossed over an effort this week. We've been talking about the almost contenders in the NBA and what's truly like holding them back from taking that step this season. Some fatal flaws for teams that that are almost there and what they're missing and what other teams have. And so on Monday we did the Bulls and the Jazz and the on Tuesday we did the Raptors and the and the Wolves. Wednesday Clippers and Spurs and today today we had to be a little bit more uh liberal with our inclusion because I said no top 5 teams 
and we're going to be talking about the number one team in the East, but they've been for playing now. like it as of late. Yeah, and at least for now, it's so fluid right now with you know the separation being so slim and the margins being so slim. Um, and also, just real quick as we, we kick this off, uh, I missed a note yesterday, and I think it's very important because, as you said, we talked about the Clippers. It was Paul George's return. Uh, it's important for people to remember uh, that Paul George's parents are named Paul and Paulette. Did you know that? No. It's kind of crazy, right? That is pretty Paul and wild. Paulette. Paul but, uh, and Paulette Paul. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Christmas card is nuts right there. But, yeah, let's kick it off with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, 48 and 29. They won last night. Um and I believe they destroyed the Lakers. Yeah, it was by like 40 points. And then they ended up winning by around 25. It shouldn't have been on TNT. And a quick tidbit right now. So four years ago on this date, the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Mavs were the three worst teams in the West. Today, they are your top three in the West. Um, obviously, if you're going to talk about the Mavericks, you have to start with Luka. Um, Luka's Luka, plain and simple. Uh, he's the only player in the league right now averaging 27-7-7 and seven without any all-star teammates. Um, and in this last, since January, excuse me, uh, he's been averaging 30 points, 9.8 rebounds, and 8.3 assists. So a damn near triple-double. Uh, and the way this team is doing this is basically offense. Uh, this team is playing at a at a rate where they're averaging around 123 points per 100 possessions. Um, the trade that they made at the deadline where, and we talked about it a they lot. They got rid of Porzingis, right? Yeah, and it surprised people. Uh, the Spencer Dinwiddie for for Kristaps trade was one of these rare sequences where it kind of has benefited both teams. Although the Wizards obviously aren't in a position to contend uh, for the Mavericks, Spencer Dinwiddie has turned out to be great. You know, inconsistency, a lot of injuries for them, but I think just giving Luca some relief in terms of having the ball and being able to create offense on his own has been huge. I mean, he's even hit game winners. He went into Brooklyn, yeah. his old team, and hit a game winner. And honestly, it's kind of one of these situations where, you know, things happen and you don't have chemistry with people all the time. And Luca and Chris Pops didn't have that, whereas Spencer and Luca so far, like they've had that chemistry and they have been just running and gunning and scoring a ton, a ton, a ton of points. Well, and they're benefactors of a really weak West this year because otherwise I just don't see this type of ascension from them because it's not just the the manner in which they've gotten to the third place point right now. And whereas like a week and a half ago, they were right around that line. It's that you're playing these teams consistently. And so you're, you're kind of getting a little bit more of inflation that you would think because like you said, you have a trait, a guy that comes in and Dimwitty halfway through the year and then you're relying on one guy. Like, isn't this the league of superstars? Isn't this supposed to be like an ultra competitive thing? Well, if they're still staying afloat, that's the way it it, it can be shaken out. hundred percent. And and when we get into some of these flaws, like trading Porzingis, now this team is kind of undersized. So they went from being middle of the pack right. and rebounds to now their top ten, bottom top ten of of the league in terms of rebounding. But so this that's, isn't their year. They're, that's what I mean. It's like they're they are on a big time geyser right now, but their best shots are ahead of them. Yeah, and but this year the experience that I think they're going to get because first off they're finally going to have home court advantage. That's something that they haven't had with Luca uh, and way and the way that the matchups are going and obviously with the Warriors and Steph Curry being injured and Utah kind of imploding. If they face Utah in the first round, they're going to have a path where they're not going to have to play the Suns until the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. So this is a team that can kind of excel. But when it comes down to it, and one of the reasons why, when we're breaking down why these contenders 
aren't going to end up being in the NBA Finals, in my opinion, is the defense is just it's not very good. Um, I so told, like they're not going to be able to. You you think that they would have trouble defending Memphis, or you think like you said, if they make it through that first round, that's a it's a cakewalk to Phoenix. That's what you think. Kind of. If they have to face Utah, it's a cakewalk because. Talking about the rebounds and not having that size, Rudy Gobert can't do anything offensively unless it's a lob or a, just an easy handoff in the post. If they have to play Minnesota, if they have to play Jokic or Car Anthony Towns, like that's going to be a problem because they're undersized and those dudes can create off of the dribble and kind of run the offense. Plus we got so, the J.J. Barea revenge game. <laughs> exactly. So, And I will give them some credit. Like Jason Kidd, like particularly they played Brooklyn. And they spent the entire game double-teaming KD from the jump until the final four minutes of the game where then KD, and he said it post-game because uh, Brooklyn ended up losing, he got confused and he was just feeling rushed because he was he was expecting the double-team. So everything was faster mm-hmm. and just it, it took his timing off. So Jason Kidd's going to try some things, but at the end of the day, uh, unless Luka just becomes this defensive just superstar like he is offensively, they're not going to have enough offense and they're not going to have well, enough he might size. Not have enough- in the tank to play defense right now? Because if he's being tasked to do everything else on the offensive side of the floor, how much do you truly have left to be that stalwart defender? That's why you need those all-stars to help pick up the slack offensively or defensively so you can be a more versatile player. Yeah, so Dallas, this team has the potential to make the At least he's available. Like, Luka hasn't had nearly as many injury problems this year, right? Yeah, no. It's just some people, they... They're giving him the James Harden treatment where they don't feel like he's in shape like he should and be. And I don't think that he's ever going – I think his body type is always going to be a little bit more pudgy, and I think that's what enables him to score so much because he's able to kind of take contact and not be disrupted, He be that physically or because you spend the mental energy of calming your physical self down that you don't have the patience left to follow through on that shot and make all of those. Like I genuinely think that – for some people, more cushion is a, is a good thing, is an essential thing to their game. Yeah, no, 100%. And also, like, people can complain, but this is a dude who, you know, when Drew Holiday and, and all the Team USA guys that mm-hmm. were in the NBA Finals immediately flew over because of the Olympics, Luka was one of those dudes for his country. Yeah. So this dude is very active. Everybody says he's legit. Everybody yeah. does. And so that's where it's just like, he doesn't look like somebody we would usually classify as a superstar, but guess what? Our eyes deceive us all the time. We have to look at the results and we have to look at what he's been able to do in his very short time with how little he has had at his disposal. Mm-hmm. And very little consistency, as you mentioned. Even when he, they had Chris Stapps on the roster, he, they were never available because one of them was injured. Yeah, and Chris Stapps, just not being available 40% of the time yeah. that you were with the Mavs is a problem. So look out for the Mavs. Uh, they might make the Western Conference Finals. I do not see them getting over Phoenix. Um, if who it everyone... comes down to Wolves versus the Mavs, do you think they're going to sit Dirk courtside and be like, I'm the best big man shooter of all time. No, I am. No, I am. That would be amazing. That would Just be amazing. amazing television. That'd be good freaking stuff. What's the other team you have for today? Uh, let's talk about the Miami Heat. Fraud alert? Fraud alert? I mean, they lost a bunch of games in a row, but then they've lost, They've won their last two. Granted, it was at home versus Sacramento, but then they just beat the Celtics. True. Celtics but obviously, are legit. Celtics are legit defensively, too, but the, the injury uh, to Robert Williams, their That's center true. for Boston, is huge. And... This is a weird one because there are whispers on these national podcasts that it it may be possible that some of these teams are trying to tank so they avoid Brooklyn if Brooklyn gets that seventh oh, or eighth seed. So Miami doesn't want the top spot, you say? So th- that's what some people are saying. Ah. Um, and 
Obviously, it was what was it last Wednesday when they lost to Golden State without Steph Curry and the random blow up. Well, and that creates plenty of narrative to, to explain it away too, in case anybody has the same idea. And and speaking of just listening to podcasts, I feel like this Jimmy Butler situation is going to end up having like a four thousand page athletic article. Probably. With like a expose when he leaves the team, with and he'll whispers. be in on it as as yeah. part of a business plan because this is the guy that was charging twenty bucks a, for a cup of coffee in the bubble. Yeah, like, and I think this is all orchestrated. Honestly, and, and I want to ask you, like, even in your playing career, it seems to me that I understand people that could be motivated by confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Cleveland, like we we pride ourselves on being the underdog. But like it seems like fetish. Basically. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It seems like this guy's fetish, fetish. It, yeah. it is having problems with his teammates. Like because obviously every team he's been on. I don't think on, he has problems with his teammates. I think he stirs the pot. What's the difference between him and Draymond? Honestly, besides the chips, because if we probably took Draymond and those championships away and we just left the personality and say he hasn't won any. Do we look at him the same? Do we do we give him the passes that we do the same? And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve them because this is part of the game. This is part of a yeah. role. This is an essential role. And the best teams have guys like this. I think he's doing the same thing where he is just, especially in that environment, like I said earlier this week, it is so hyper-focused on, on, on winning and competition and going to that nth degree. And he is the perfect example of that. And so I think he's the conductor. I think he's the orchestrator, kind of like how Michael Jordan would do the same thing. Like, I'm going to come at you today because I need to get I need to get more out of you. And it's not going to be fun, but I'm going to get it. True. The one thing I would say is that although Jimmy Butler kind of gets in a lot of uh, hold me back situations yes. with other teams, Draymond, I think, you know, obviously. Draymond kick, holds his own, handles kick, his own. Kicking people in the cojones. Yep. But also, even the year where Steph was out completely, like, as hard and as trash talk as Draymond has been, you see him talking to the rookies and everything, like yep. you know, kind of being that coach, which but is kind of the like difference. But Buckets was like that with Tyler Hero. They were doing that a couple of years ago when they were in the bubble. There's not, not everybody has the rookies to bring along, and so that's why your role changes as your team changes, especially with basketball. Like you can have such an identity shift in just a couple of seasons, and then we 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 see these guys are like, oh, they're only 25. They've been in the league for seven freaking yeah. years. I mean, that, no. that, and that's the that's where I look to Jimmy as someone who has. I mean, just we know his story about where he played in college, where he got drafted, how how he how he got in this league, and and the commitment to defense. That's the springing point. That's the springing point point for Draymond too. They're great offensively side of the ball, but there's a lot of people that are great offensively side of the ball. It's like saying, well, tennis, I have a great forehand. Everybody has a great forehand, but who has a good backhand though? Me. Well, not, only. not this week, but it's it's getting there. But I'm just saying, like there, there are different um, tools that just work harder and and go further because they're just different. Yeah, and obviously people are going to have a lot of eyes on on just the relationship and kind of the dynamics of body language between the team. We love to tear down Spo too. Yeah, well, I Spo mean, can't handle the personality. Spo's been long, well, long there is just as long not, as Pat. Not like he's he's been di- I remember the first year that yeah, he, that LeBron he joined. It? He when he ran into LeBron and kind of checked him and like had yeah. a conversation. So Spo doesn't get enough credit, but the another thing that's happening with this team is and we talked about the return of Victor Oladipo, who had an amazing return game and then has done nothing. Him and Markeith Morris have come back. You're talking about Markeith Morris was has been out for three and a half months. You're talking about Victor Oladipo, who's been in and out and, and has been out longer. Honestly, it feels like this dude has been like perpetually injured for like three years. And them trying to bring him in because they know that they need an extra, they need something else. Well, yeah, they need that bounce up. You can't have all the hard miles going to like Kyle Lowry. 
He's, he's already done a lot of hard miles. 100%. And also Same these other Jimmy dudes. And everybody else in there. Uh, Strauss, uh, Caleb Martin, all these dudes that have stepped up this year. Mm-hmm. But that's creating the conflict of the other dudes are like, what do you mean? They weren't here. We have the number one seed in the difficult East. So I don't know if they're losing because they're tanking from Boston or they're trying to take these opportunities to to, to play some of these dudes and see what they got. Um, but that's becoming a big problem. I don't know which, if they're actively tanking. I think you just play really hard, and then it's convenient to say when those those results don't go your <laughs> way, be like, well, this actually works out for us in the long run because I just – you say, Jimmy, we need to lose this game. Come on. Do you think he'll – No. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no way. There's no way that most of these teams are like that. It's just – it's it's easier to explain away your failures when people give you options. And also heat culture, you know, heat culture, everything. Yeah. Everything is heat culture. They Lindsay. hold the feet to the fire. <laughs> and 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 the biggest flaw with with just trying to find out who's going to play and, and all the dynamics, granted, that seems like a good problem to have. And we talked about this with Trista. I still don't know who's going to take that final shot, and I don't trust whoever's going to take it. Uh, I think it's Hero, an invitation to Tyler Hero. Well, and, and look, Tyler Hero's going to win six man of the year unquestionably. He, mm-hmm. He's going to win that far and but away. But you got to take that invitation and make the shot, and that, and then he'll turn it into it. And then who knows what we're going to see out of that kid. True, but I, I don't trust him off the dribble. I don't trust him having the ball in his nope. hands at the end of the game. I don't trust Jimmy Butler. He might get to the free throw you're line. You're saying the same thing about LeBron when he got to Miami. He always passes up the shot. He always passes out of the final buzzer moment. And no. that he learned how. Yes. But that's not what I'm saying about Tyler. Because it's kind of the similar situation. In, in the in the bubble, he did amazing. Last year in the playoffs, he was awful. Yeah, but he was a rookie. And then last year they had ton they had tons of uh injury problems. What I'm saying is that there's different moments of invitation for somebody to level up. And ultimately somebody has to call their own number to do that. And sometimes you're not equipped to do equipped personality wise or just in your trajectory. Tyler Hero is an early riser guy. Okay. He expects a lot from himself. I think that he's gonna be the one that tries to take the shot. And if he misses, he misses. But he's the he's the one that's willing to sling it. And like you said, Jimmy, if if you have to get to the basket, that's fine. But there's a lot of big bodies down there, and I don't trust him to to pull up on a jumper either. Yeah, so somebody and, has to do it. And, and also, but but another thing too, another problem that I see is that you know the defense. You know, we're sitting here talking about this. You sure as hell know that these teams know this. So the added pressure and, and the looks and just trying to deny Tyler the ball and trusting these other dudes who are going to get the opportunity to step up. It's just when you look at the East and all these other teams that have these go-to guys yep. that you know can get a bucket. Yep. That that's the big deal. That with was the a heat. surprise run they went down, went on in the bubble. Nobody expected him to be there, and that's just over two years ago, not even. And so, just give some time to let the the fertilizer ferment a little bit, and for people to step into themselves. Good stuff as always, Adrian. Uh, we got to get into the NHL side and catch everyone up on where the standings are. I think our Golden Knights are in playoff positioning right now, but that might be changing tonight because there are people playing and they are not. More of that on the other side. I love for the bet. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. If I were a betting woman, which I am, but only on other women and myself. Uh, but if I were to place a bet on... Bars with that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, on who our backup netminder should be next year if I'm the Vegas Gold Knights. Look no further than number 36. I know you're one away from the greatest number of all time, but it's okay, Tommy. 
It's okay. <laughs> Close enough, We'll right? let it fly because you're playing a, a great game right now and, and a very fluid game at that. I mean, it is an adventure watching every single save with Logan Thompson. But this kid is vibing. Like, this kid is playing with a ton of confidence. You can tell how he's gapping out. You can tell how he's snaring glove saves. And like I said yesterday, just like, here you go, ref, just pop it to you. And I, I can only imagine for him to secure his first shutout at 12 games in. I mean, guys walk in and they get a shutout their first game, but then they only get a couple cups of coffee and then they never come back. Like, he is going through the motions and and meeting the benchmarks necessary to build confidence within himself and the organization in his, in, in his ability to play at this level. I think he's ready. I think he's earned it. And I'm really glad that he's been able to provide a little bit of stopgap for this team that was struggling for, with net mining for a couple of weeks there. So very, very pumped for him. Uh, it's always unfortunate when a season ends because you then you have to conjure up that momentum all again and it's a whole new year and it's a whole new everything, but we're not quite there yet. We're still in this current reality. The Knights win three to nothing over the crack and they'll face them again in Climate Pledge Arena tomorrow night. Uh, just a couple scores from last night. The Blues beat the Canucks four to three, the Oilers four to three in a shootout uh, over the Kings, and then the Jets beat the Sabres. Uh, in terms of where we are in the standings. Like I mentioned before we went to the break, the Golden Knights are in the playoff position, Adrian. Rejoice! 78 points. We are just on that edge behind Nashville, who are at 82 points. Edmonton's in third place in the Pacific with 81. So we're three behind them. Uh, Los Angeles Kings, 82 points. And the Calgary Flames at 88. And the Flames are playing tonight, and they're playing the Kings. And so that's a big-time swing to keep an eye on tonight, especially since apparently last night Jonathan Quick had his soul stolen by Connor McDavid. Kings are on the back-to-back uh, so are the Flames, though. And so I, while the Flames have been really good at home this year, Adrian, uh, I think this is going to be a, a much more hotly contested game just because the Kings are kind of getting in, into a desperate position. I know that they're still second place in that division, but they're dropping a few more games than we're seeing from, like, I don't know, like the Jets or the Golden Knights. So they need to get going. But when you have Daryl Sutter, who's the head coach of the Flames, and my uh, pick for the Jack Adams Award winner for the top coach, uh, he said this yesterday, quote, we haven't made the playoffs yet. You better make sure you make the playoffs because you don't have that in your mindset. Then you're going to play Colorado in the wild card and you're going to get the S kicked out of you. And I'm not interested in that. Doesn't pull any punches, Daryl. No, facts. Transparency is awesome. Yep. And it's a, and it's a, a, a kind of a throwback affair for him too. He won his two cups with the Kings previously, but has returned behind the bench for the Flames and they've been great. So they're going to be looking to get back on their winning ways. The The Penguins are visiting the Wild today. Reunion? Not really, but kind of because Marc-Andre Fleury is not going to be playing tonight. I don't, think, I don't think he enjoys playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We heard during the trade deadline that he basically said the Wild were the only place that he was willing to go because the, the Washington Capitals were sniffing around, the Boston Bruins were sniffing around, but like the Capitals were like really looking for goaltending. He's like... Uh, the rivalries we used to have, I just, I, I can't do it. You gotta respect no, that. No, and I honestly, I don't think he wants to play against Pittsburgh. I want, I think he has that perfectly kind of put away in, in his chapters of his career, and it, it ended in in a, in a nicer way, obviously, than it did versus the Gold Knights. Like, I don't think he has any problem playing against the Gold Knights on a regular basis. I think it fuels him. Yeah. But in terms of his relationship with that organization. And then, you know, Bill Guerin, that GM for the Minnesota Wild, who spent the last part of his career, won, won some cups in Pittsburgh, and then started out his post-career 
and front office with Penguins. So it's going to be a lot of familiar faces. Keep an eye on Jake Gensel tonight, who's going to be playing in front of his hometown club. He usually tends to make noise when he has lots of eyes on him. But the the Minnesota Wild are finishing out their longest home stand in their history. Nine straight games besides the opening 6-2 loss against the Predators on March 13th. They have won every single damn game. That seems pretty good. That is pretty damn good. They are absolutely on the upswing, as are the Maple Leafs, who are going to be hosting the Winnipeg Jets tonight. The Jets have won three straight in extra time and shootouts, five of their last nine, seven of their last ten, but no Kyle Connor or Nate Schmidt, uh, as yesterday was released, that they were both placed in COVID protocol. The Leafs are vibing after two straight wins over good opponents, too. They beat the Panthers and they beat the Bruins, and Austin Matthews is chasing down the Rocket Richard. Uh, trophy for for leading scorer in the league. He hit the 50 goal mark the other night, uh, or at least is one away from the 50 goal mark. It's been 25 years since uh, Maple Leaf has scored 50 goals, and so that's incredible. It's, that's why I think he's gonna be my pick for MVP because it's just one of those uh, historical years, especially for that franchise. And granted, they like they they certainly like to fancy themselves as a successful organization, and they are, but they haven't seen that in the postseason. And when you just see something like that, only four other players have ever accomplished that in that jersey. Like that, just that d- deserves some recognition. Uh, the stars are going to be at the Ducks. The stars should and need a win. There's nothing else else to, else to say. So I'm going to carry on. And then the Avs are going to be at the Sharks. Big, or zero car Big Mac attack will be in the lineup tonight. We were really worried about Nathan McKinnon's, you know, hands, his mutton chops after that locker boxing incident he had on with Matt Dumba the other night when he was defending uh, his teammate. But considering how much he cares, like I feel like he will be out there to to prove a point tonight. Be like, I'm not hurt. I'm ready to go. I would absolutely watch for that pass, gather at the top of the zone to that soft crash laser he likes to use wrist shot that is so so lethal for him among other weapons up and down that Colorado Avalanche lineup Lindsay I have a question absolutely uh I want to play the other side with this Logan Thompson hype okay uh what do you respond if I say yeah but it was against Seattle and like that game so you're reading people who responded to my tweet oh and well because I mean I think yesterday beating them that officially eliminated them from playoff contention. Oh, so they're like the fourth. They I mean, it was already. obvious. I think, but they were the fourth team so far uh, yeah. as we wind down. I so. mean, that's true. But and and you know, you're you can only play the team that's in front of you, and it wasn't like the the Seattle Kraken were were coming in waves last night. There were certainly moments where you could tell they were not only sitting back, but they were struggling. But that's where finding ways to win. Like people think that just stop and pucks is automatic like success or that all shutouts are created equal or all wins are created equal. Yeah. Like, it's honestly tougher for a lot of goalies to face like 15 to 20 shots versus like 55. Like I was one of those net miners that was able to basically grind myself down moment by moment to stay in the game and lower lower shooting affairs and I was able to stay engaged because I would talk to myself I would talk to the teammates I would just I had a way to do it but some people really struggle with that and so him showing different ways that he can play in different environments and like I said for him for for me about him it's about the FU energy it's about the way that he is talking to the media after the fact it's about how comfortable he looks in warm-ups it's about just seeing how he battles, he expects to be getting these pucks. Like the puck that or the goal that was waved off last night for the Kraken on the back door because it was offsides. Like, go back and look at that replay. He almost had it on the back door. He was right there. His glove was right there. And sometimes it just it barely grazes over it. But it's about giving yourself a chance. And people get dejected. People who aren't confident in themselves aren't usually 
as privy to go to balls to the wall all the time. Like you can just tell by the way that yeah. he's moving around that he's not erratic because there's a fine line with the way that he plays the position. Right now, he's sure in his edges and making great saves. And so I'd like to see that to continue, much like this program, for another hour. We'll be back with sports, but mostly other things. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.